But uh, I, I said on Friday night that on July the 11th, uh, Jesus visited me in my home office. I was not necessarily looking for a visitation. I was just hanging out with him, and I was tired. And Jesus brought me this message, and he told me 10 key issues that the church in America must confront to step into the fullness of what God intended for this particular season. First one, and we'll go back to this because we were focusing it on, on it on uh, last night uh, and Friday as well. Number one is a religiosity that prevents God's people from growing in the knowledge of God. There's a great danger in not growing and repeatedly growing and being repeatedly transformed into the image that God desires you. Because the moment that you uh, cease to grow or desire to grow or to change into truth that God wants to reveal to you, you actually begin to serve a God made in your own image. Number two, living a life on earth within the context of knowing our God-given rights as believers. You must know your right as a believer. You must know the, the privilege and the authority that God has granted to you. My personal conviction is after uh, just kind of looking at this and trying to discern things is one of the reasons that the enemy has attacked, and I'm not saying there's not valid criticism, there's valid criticism of any movement, but uh, one of the reasons that the enemy has gone so strongly after the Word of Faith movement was uh, the enemy tried to distort into one dimension of, of just material prosperity. But if you ever uh, really listen to the core teachings, particularly of, uh, of uh, Brother Hagen, it was, it was on the authority of the believer. Yeah, that's right. And he brought a, a shift to the body of Christ where the majority of even spirit-filled people then, they simply believed that everything, was the, everything that happened to them in their life was the will of God or to receive a breakthrough or a healing that they needed to receive from the man of God. Or they had to feel it, or they had to be that particular anointing in the room. And he began to teach them, you don't need to wait till you get in the healing line. It's great, but you can, you can receive healing. You can receive breakthrough by faith in the Word of God. That's for some of you here today. You have to take personal responsibility for confronting the difficulties in your life with the Word of God. <laughs> you know, many times, I think I said it here before, many times people, people come like, I need prayer. Okay. You know, sometimes if I'm not moving in a particular way, I'll ask them, what do you need prayer for? Our son's on drugs. I say, oh, that's not good. What scripture are you standing on? No, I need prayer. What scripture are you standing on? No, no, I need you to give me a prophetic word. What scripture are you standing on? I need prayer. And many times, not even knowing it, they, they look at prayer as witchcraft. Just put a magic wand on me and make it all better. I wish it worked like that. I would do it to myself. What scripture are you standing on? We had some challenges over the last month with our daughter. Doc, this is perfectly normal. I looked at my wife. I said, this is not perfectly normal because it's contrary to the word of God. 
I will not accept this. I don't think I'm better. I thank God for I thank God and medicine. I think, but you, you can say whatever. I don't care what you think and what your data shows. This is what the Word of God says. That child is not in alignment with the Word of God right now. Number, th- number three, to receive and live in a grace to continually beholding the beauty of God. Number four, the simplicity of teaching and demonstrating the kingdom of God. Number five, authentic operation of apostles and prophets, rebuilding and building the body of Christ to be in proper alignment with God's heavenly blueprints. Number six, judgment will begin in the house of God. And then key part here is I will hold my leaders responsible for trusting the wisdom of this world rather than the leading of the Holy Spirit. For it is time for judgment to begin with the household of God. And if it begins with us first, what will become of those who do not obey the gospel of God? Number seven, unprecedented outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Number eight, educational discipleship models and schools being birthed. Number nine, a corporate body that demonstrates the manifold wisdom of God. Number 10, the corporate body utilizing media to advance the purposes of God. And we emphasize that God's goal is for us to be like him. God's goal is not to give you some relief to get through this world. The blood of Jesus was too costly. The blood and the death and the resurrection of Jesus was too costly to, get, to just get you through. He's not interested in getting you through. He's interested in teaching you, not, to, not, not that you won't have any problems, but teaching you how to live and rest and overcome all things and see the word of God uh, uh, make you an overcomer of all those things. And then we also said the heart is a governing feature of your life. We looked a little bit about the characteristics of the heart. And this is the thing I believe God would have us dial in this morning. The governing of our heart is a daily choice. The governing of our heart is a daily choice. Look at Proverbs, the fourth chapter, if you're following along scripturally, reading out of the NASB. Watch over your heart. Now, Now notice the verse makes you responsible for that. That you are responsible. Watch over your heart with all diligence. Now, that word diligence is, uh, make sure I got the right word. That, di- that word diligence means to guard house, guard, guard, observance, custody, watch over. Guard over your heart with all diligence for out of it flows the springs of life. Watch over your heart with all diligence, for out of it flow the the springs of life. Now, we also said the good news is that God has given you a new heart as a believer. The challenge is the transformation of your thinking has already taken place before you've come into the kingdom of God. So you've been given literally an overhaul of a whole new system, but your mind still thinks one step short of mental illness. The reason we say that is one of the doors to mental illness is uh, um, uh, wrong thinking, wrong ideas, deception. 
the more you, you live in delusion, the more you open yourself up to it. I, I've actually seen, I've observed this in certain people. This is why it's so, so dangerous to not give in to the, the, or in a sense, submit to the leadings of the Lord. Because the more you choose no, the more the enemy sets up shop in that very heart that was only contended for God. And so we also said we were, completed, we were created for complete dependence upon God, but we also created self-governing. God can't guard your heart for you. And we also said that we think with our heart, for as he thinks within himself, so is he. I love this concept that you actually have a relationship with yourself. What we ponder in our heart becomes our most predominant thought process. Our heart sees and, define, and defines the lens by which we see reality. He read it this morning. Your heart defines how you see. Then we, wrote, uh, then we said at the beginning of all this is this, this foundation to repentance, the gift of repentance, the gift of continually shifting. And we saw that repentance, God meets you where you're at, in a sense. He meets you in your current mindset. He meets you in your current dysfunction. He meets you in your current whatever you're challenged at. And he, he accepts full surrender, but that surrender to him is just the open door to him teaching you again and again how to see from his perspective. And we saw that last night. That was interesting last night, wasn't it? We saw that last night that one of the areas that the Lord wants to redeem is uh, often, it, 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 can, it begins in childhood, but it can include uh, adult things, is he wants to restore us to childlike trust. He said, unless one is converted, according to Matthew 18, we read it last night, and humbles himself as a child. So he actually, the, 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 the language there is that you actually have to make a effort to position yourself like a child. And in that process of positioning yourself like a child, for God to fully, uh, in a sense, I, I want to say fully, but uh, relate to you in the manner he wants to do, he's often got to heal the pain that you've walked through or what you have not received that you don't even know you've received. Some people live in dysfunction so much of their life, they think the dysfunction is normal. And we saw one of the measures of, uh, of, of how we know we're kind of track, tracking in this transformation of thinking is this, that we begin to see Jesus differently, the Godhead differently. We begin to see ourselves differently within that context. And because we begin to see ourselves, we begin to see the world differently. And the reason this is so intrinsically important is your beliefs define what you are able to do and how people treat you in this world. If you think you have an inability to do certain things deep within your heart, or if, if even subconsciously, it's just my conviction that many believers, just they don't even like themselves. They actually hate themselves. And it could manifest itself in overeating and addictions in different places. Talk last night or, or, or many times, the, 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 uh, you know, unfortunately a common thing and no shame, no blame, you can get free of it. But a common thing for many men is addiction to pornography. That is, a, and I just want to say, if you, if you have not 
if, if, if you have not ever engaged that, particularly a young person, I just want to say, don't ever go down that path. Because yeah. he doesn't want to just let you look at a website or look at whatever, I don't know, these crazy things that they have existing today that I've kept in the world just because, anyway, I don't want to get into that. But that is a fire that never wants to be extinguished in your life. It is not coming for one area of your life. It's coming to control your entire thought process. It's coming as a demon to take over with other legions of demons that wants to pervert everything you think. I'm not, if you're struggling with that, you can get free. But I'm saying, don't ever go down that path. That is a debilitating, ugly thing that destroys people's minds. And women too. But most of the time, what I've discovered is the root of people who are really stuck in that. Yes, but there's the perversion demons, all that generational stuff. But most of the time, it has nothing to do with that. It has to do with rejection. So there's the chief demon. I call it the chief demon. It's a subjective way. We don't know that. But I call it the chief because what happens is when a door is open, you got, a, you got, you got the, the, I call it the chief up there, and then all the little minions down there. And the enemy loves for you to deal with all the little minions because you give temporary relief when you get little, those real, little minions, but that chief is still in there. So we want to get to that chief one, principalities, powers, and rulers of darkness. So it's amazing. You, you, you often, if that's what the Lord shows us, you get rid of that rejection. Then you like, man, I don't want to look at that stuff anymore. So what, what, what was the wound to that? Often they're looking at that, that, whatever that picture, whatever that video, whatever that thing, that thing is there. That thing accepts them. That thing gives them pleasure. And they got that rejection wound that it's feeding. So get rid of that. I didn't, wasn't planning on going here, but here we are. <laughs> Sunday morning talking about lust and demons. It's all right. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's way all right because, because you know, like people like, I don't, you know, I just I don't really feel like I want to dress those things on Sunday. You know, I don't want to. People think we're like, and I look at leaders sometimes. I just be honest and tell them like, you got people in your church suffering through this. You're like, well, we, we just want to focus on, on, you know, teaching. We don't really want, you know, we, we tell them, you know, we come during the week and we'll move in the gifts of the Spirit. We'll do that in our small group. And people are bound. Yes. And they can get a Tony Robbins communication better than anything you're doing. So you might as well give them everything God has for them. I'm not saying it has to be a four-hour service. like, God, the wisdom of man. And that person is sitting there listening to you talk. Our God is great. Well, my life sucks. I've made Jesus Lord of my life, and I feel completely bound. And your three-minute thing, and then, you know, the youth pastor coming up, like, oh, we're so happy you're here. Go home now. We don't want to commit you too much. So we're going to let you go home and go back into your addiction. Sorry, I got that off my chest. Feels really good. (laughs) Got that off my chest. People just don't want to sit there and listen to the word. No, maybe they don't want to listen to the word you're preaching that long. Catherine Kuhlman, right? Six-hour meetings. Nobody left because God was there. Again, I'm not saying, I I think you get weird too. It doesn't have to be long, but this whole mindset. 
So we want to diagnose, I don't know how we got into this, but you want to diagnose those root issues. I just want to say, don't, if, you, if you've never gone that, never go down that path. Can you be redeemed? Absolutely. But you never want to go down that path. It is a door you don't want to open. And if you're stuck there, there's freedom. You don't have to be stuck there. You end up a lot of places you don't end up, you didn't think you were going. But, so we say our view of God, our view of ourself inside of God, and then our view of the world should be consistently changing. A number of years ago, uh, young Icho, he, he's gone to be with the Lord, but he had the, the, the largest uh, church in the world at the time, and he went to minister in uh, the Northwest. And it was a very large church. And uh, I think he did several Sunday morning services. And he looked at the pastor after he was done ministering. He said, how many doctors do you have in your church? And the guy thought about it. I don't have any doctors in my church. And he goes, it's your fault. You know, he's a straightforward Asian, you know. So <laughs> he's, he, the pastor thinks for a minute. He goes, what are you talking? He goes, somewhere in your heart, whether you have said it, or not. You probably didn't even consciously say it from the pulpit. But doctors feel uncomfortable in your church because somewhere in your heart you have a judgment against medical science. And you think that the only way people should receive healing is through faith and the word and things like this. And so you have a judgment. So they'll come into your church and for whatever reason they will not feel comfortable. Your heart actually governs the things that can be attracted to you. No shame, no blame. We've all, you know, we all have our own issues. The, the point is, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit want to help us with all those issues. And part of the way he helps us with those issues is through the Word of God. Through the Word of God. He was constantly speaking and revealing truth. He was constantly trying to sow the Word into their hearts. And the Word often has this triggering function in a really great way. And Jesus is way okay with you feeling uncomfortable with what He said. But he doesn't come and go, let me, let me keep you in your, or, or let me comfort you in staying the same. He, he comes to you and is okay with your uncomfortableness to call you into a higher perspective. Yeah. It's a simple, simple thing, right? Simple thing like this. Someone teaches on giving. You've never heard about giving or you, you came from a different perspective or you hear it. And you, maybe you get angry. Maybe you get upset, whatever it is. Not you, the person, but I've seen people do it. But I think that's why part of the, re part of the reason deliverance ministry was created, to help people with that. <laughs> God is okay with you being honest with him. But instead of getting mad... And I always tell people, just because I taught it doesn't, doesn't mean you got to believe it. Go be a, be, I love people coming to me. I don't believe what you just said. Well, go, what are you going to do about it? 
I don't mean that, that I, 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 I like feedback. Sometimes I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, I could have said that a little better. You know, like that, that wasn't exactly what I was saying. Maybe I need to, so people don't misunderstand. I'm not talking about that. But what are you, are you going to be a Berean? Go study. I love the Bereans. We, they looked at the word to see if these things were so. But often those emotions that come to the surface... Not only are there an opportunity to think differently, but there's also an opportunity for you to be delivered of that pain, of that anger, of whatever's coming up on the inside of you. Amen. A number of years ago, uh, this particular minister, it's interesting. And I love what Cameron talked about, the community. I've learned, uh, Varad Ash has gone to be with the Lord. I love what he said uh, few years before he passed away, he's just, and he wasn't even a married guy, a single guy his whole life, but he said, it's only in the context of covenant that you discover what's wrong with you. Yeah. And he was talking about the community of believers, how you can, there, there are certain things you'll never grow in discipleship wise, unless it's in close proximity to other people. That's why some people in this room, you've not ever really fully grown because though you attend a group of people, you've never given your hearts to communal fellowship with other people. And I'm not saying always, but many times, what do you do? Oh, God, this has come to the surface. This has happened. That Judy in the women's ministry, she makes me so mad. She's like, she just, she takes over every meeting. Go back to your husband, right? Telling him like, she's like, supposed to be a group share. And she goes on for 20 minutes. <laughs> and it's only an hour session, honey. And she goes on. And what you often find out, not you, the person behind you, part of the reason she's making you so angry, no, I'm serious, part of the reason she's making you so angry is because she reminds you of your own mother who was domineering. And so you got this judgment, and so that thing flies up on the inside of you. Judy's just a symptom of your problem. Now, it may be very true, she, she's got her own issues. And one of the things I learned in leadership is not that I think I'm perfect. And Paul writes it really well. You gently correct people, right? Because at least you go there, right? And we'll see in a minute how important it is to keep your heart guarded. But I learned people like, I wasn't sanctified then. Like, that person's mad at you after you met with them. Sat on boards at churches like, those people don't want to meet. They want to meet with the whole board except you. And I just said, your issues are not my problem. I gave you the word of God. Amen. <laughs> and I will not take, I, I always, I, I want to be open. I have people who speak, about correctable, all that stuff. I'll apologize. I apologize to my wife about, about every day. But uh, so, no, really. I, she's got she signed up for big stuff when she married me. So, <laughs> but I will not take up 
what is someone else's issue. You won't hold me guilty to that. You won't hold me. Some of you, as for some of you, there's about three of you. You're living in your own families. Oh, oh but they, they, they're upset about me. and just, I don't know what to do about it. It's their issue. They're triggered by something way, something else that has nothing to do with you. And you're just a symptom of it. So those things come to the surface to bring us healing. Everyday issues. And we want, that, we want to get that word. And here, here's a key part. It's a very simple but key part of uh, the renewed mind. And it's this, that you want to have a high honor for the word of God. Romans 10, 17. So then faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. Abner translation is faith comes by hearing and 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 hearing again and hearing again and hearing again and hearing again. So you you hear but then there must be an action point. Go back to the giving thing. So now you've, you've, you've worked through all your emotions. You've gone to Pastor John for deliverance. You've forgiven me for bringing it up. Some people, like, you think, like, I'm, trying, I'm not trying to get my, I'm trying to get you somewhere. I know what it's like to get more love than offering. I know what it's like to believe God. I, well, what am I going to do? I don't have enough for God's your source. So let's say you start that process. But it's not just once. There has to be a consistent process. So what happens is the word reveals. You put your faith in it. And it's really important to put your faith in it. Hebrews 11 says, by faith, we understand. It doesn't stand. You have understanding, intellectual understanding, and then you have faith. And God's not opposed to your intellect. He just wants your intellect to follow your revelation. If your life is lived simply based on logic, I want to submit to you, you will never, I'm just, just telling you, never. I, I'm not being mean. You'll probably go to heaven. But you, probably. You... <laughs> But think about, think, about, think about it. You're living by logic, and it's actually possible to do this. You're living by logic in most areas of your life. Oh, this is right. Everything's ordered. It's nice. Everything's right. Intellect. But you believe, if you've accepted Jesus Christ as Lord, the greatest miracle ever is he recreated your, your spirit. That's supernatural. That's revelation. You got you to trust that by faith. And then you're trusting him to spend eternity with him that you've never seen, feel, or thought, most of you. But on, on the way there, you want to live this logical thing. That's really perverse thought process. I want to believe you to go to a reality I've never been to, but I don't want to obey you here on earth, but I'm expecting you to hold your end of the bargain to get there. And then you're going to really have problems when you get to heaven if you make it there because no one in heaven is disobeying him. Right. What are you like? You're like, I don't think that's right, Jesus. 
Okay, there's only one other place you can go. There's no complaint committee. There's no other church you can go to in heaven. You're stuck with all those people you didn't like on the earth. There's not going to be this very common thing. Well, I just see it differently. I'm not saying we can't see different things in the Word of God, but things that God is so clear on. Well, I just see it differently. What does that have to do with anything? Like, truth, I always tell people, the, the thing about truth, it, it, it will follow you. It's unrelenting. It doesn't change based on what you think is acceptable. 